0: Every now and then you come across a question that will totally just shake you. And in a minute, I'm going to ask you one that, that might do that for you today. But I want to tell you just a, a second about a question that I came across last week. Um, we just sang this the song. Can you put that lyric back up there from Good, Good Father? Um, you're perfect in all of your ways. Can you put that up there? I don't know if it's up there or not. And uh, the question I was asked this past week, so we'll just leave it up there for a second. The question I was asked this past week, uh, I, was rem- I was asking myself that same question looking at those words. So we're sitting there, and th- there's this uh, guy, he preaches to more people than I know, or more people than I, s- I probably see in a year. He preaches that many people on a weekend. And uh, he's church growth consultant, Okay. Uh, I know, right? You didn't know those existed. I didn't either. (laughs) He's in Mexico City, and uh, they speak Spanish. He doesn't. There's a translator. He's there to consult them about the growth of their church. And So he said, how can I help you? The person in Spanish sitting across from them said, "Uh, what will it take for us to reach every person in Mexico City with the gospel of Jesus? Now, the last time I asked Siri, she said 3.8 million people in Mexico City. And so he laughed. Uh, He laughed at the translator because he thought the translator was messing with him when he said, what will it take to reach every person in Mexico City with the gospel of Jesus? So I'm listening to this. He's a great storyteller, so I'm listening. And then he says, okay, what will it take for you... To reach every person in your city with the gospel of Jesus. At the last census in 2010, or or uh, yeah, in 2010, 75 percent of our community said they weren't affiliated with any type of religion. Now that's that's a lot broader than claiming Jesus as your savior. Okay, so it's it's it includes any kind of cult or any kind of religion that our government acknowledges. 75%, at least 25%, more than 25% of people in Jacksonville who don't call Jesus Lord. That's why we started our church. So that's more than 60,000 people who we see every day um, who don't know Jesus. And so when, it, when he asked the question, it was like, uh, how, uh, what's it going to take to reach every person in your city? I was like... Well, we just need to get a, a bigger church, and we need. And then I was like, it. It, it kind of dawned on me as he was asking this next question, and this is the question that wrecked me. He said, "Do you even believe it's possible?" And it's like, well, the Bible says, with all with God, all things are possible. And then I drive back. I'm driving back Sunday, and and I'm thinking about the lesson we're going to have with our youth group. And I'm going to teach them about the all-powerful God. And then it's like, do I believe it? That God is all-powerful. Man, that that song we sing, right? God, uh, you're a good, good father. That's who you are. And I'm loved by you. And that's who I am. Do you believe it? God is perfect in all. God, you're perfect in all of your ways. Do you believe it? So we had this tradition when we grew up uh, that before we would open up our Christmas presents, we would open up the Bible. And uh, it wasn't as classy as the way that I just said it. Man, that sounded really good. Before we opened up presents... (laughs) Allow us to open our Bibles, Um, but but we would. We would open up our Bible to Luke chapter 2, and we would read verses 1 through 20, and it's like, oh, this is so good. I'm so glad to have family time, but I really want to open up that red rider BB gun. Now, as I grew older, that that means more to me now. That we would sit around and read this, and as whoever was reading it, whether it was me or my sister or someone in my family, sometimes I could remember my grandmother sitting across the word across the room, and she could word the or she could mouth the words as whoever was singing it, like she's got it memorized. And uh, I remember thinking, man, this is really cool, but I really want to shoot something with this BB gun. Can can we? This story is so long. Like, can we just wrap this up? Can we do this while I'm opening gifts? Like, kill two birds with one stone? You know, I'm just trying to be efficient here with our Christmas. <laughs> um, you know, as I started to read the Christmas story, I started to realize, though, there's some drama involved, right? There's some, like, scandal in the Christmas story. We're going to look at that this morning. Um, so if, if you guys will pass the Bibles out, if anybody needs a Bible, raise, raise your hand, um, Okay? It, it's kind of dark in here. I'm sorry. I, we're trying to fix that, and I don't know how to do it, so I guess we just turn the lights on. That might work. Uh, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. Uh, you can download the YouVersion app, and you can follow—thank you, Lord. That was awesome, Lord. Uh, you can download the YouVersion app. You can download the Restore Church app, and you can follow along with us on there. Uh, I just— told someone this today uh, on the Uversion app or on the Restore app. If you go to bulletins or the bulletin section and click on this week, it'll have our announcements. And then it's got song links. And so if you heard something that you like today, you want to listen during the week, just open it up and click that link. Uh, Mighty Warrior is probably one of my favorite worship songs of all time. We sang that this morning. Um, before we get into the Christmas story, here's the question that I want to ask you that might be life-altering, and, and I hope that it is. Um, here's this question. As a mature Christian, or even as an atheist, right? So like, two, two ends in the spectrum. And everywhere in between, if you ask this question and allow God to answer it, um, man, I, I'm excited to see what would happen. What's God trying to do in your life right now? What Maybe for you, like, you just came with someone today. Maybe you don't like church, and you're just trying to give it a try. or Maybe you're trying to figure out questions about who Jesus is or who God is, and you're just not sure. Maybe you're, like, in this season of life that you're like, I don't know if I want to give my life to Jesus or not. So maybe that's what he's trying to do. Maybe you're like, our marriage is a wreck. And maybe that's where God's trying to, uh, to, to work in your life. Maybe God's calling you to, to ministry. Maybe he wants you to, to start a new church, plant a new church. Don't laugh too hard at that. I did, and now I'm in front of you. Think about that question for a second. Maybe you have an answer, maybe you don't. But at some point, either today or in your life, you have got to answer that. Maybe it's today. Maybe it's tomorrow. Hopefully, it's right now. But what, what's God trying to do in your life? We're in Luke chapter one, and uh, I got to tell you a little bit about Luke before we go into this. Luke, um, by trade, he's type. He's a type A person. Okay, he's not me. <laughs> um, he's detailed oriented. Uh, his main job in life is to be a historian, okay, so he writes the gospel story of Jesus, right, it, the, the book called Luke is a story of Jesus, and his goal is to tell the history of what's happening, and he does it with detail, and then he's like, he writes a volume two, So he writes Luke, and then he's like, man, now I want to tell the history of how the church began. And so you might find uh, two books later, you'll find the book of Acts. And Luke tells the story of the church. So Luke is a historian, he's a doctor, and obviously he's a writer uh, or an author. So I ask you this question, and I hope that you're still thinking about it. What's God trying to do in your life? And I want to give you a follow-up question. Why aren't you allowing him to do it? What's God trying to do in your life? And why aren't you allowing him to do it? Man, this this sermon was tough for me to write. Because the first question, I know. The second question, I just don't want to answer it. (laughs) Like, God, I know what you want to do. But it's just not going to be comfortable. It's going to put a strain on what I got going on right now. And look, man, what I got going on is pretty good. Like, I like it. Don't try to, God, don't try to flex on my life right now, okay? I, I got it going on, man. Um, this this second one's hard for us to answer, isn't it? It's tough. Um, because we come up with a lot of excuses for why we won't allow God to do what he wants to do. And your excuses might sound something like this. Our marriage could never be the same after what happened. Maybe your excuse might sound like, I, I, I couldn't go into ministry. That's just not who I am. God didn't create me that way. Maybe it's, we couldn't be foster parents because that would infringe on our life situation right now. It would threaten our current family. I could never forgive them. God, you know what they did. Right? I could never give my life to Jesus. Y'all don't know What's behind me? What are you not letting God do? And why aren't you why aren't you letting Him do it? Um, I want to tell you what we're going to do. Okay, I'm going to tell you how the sermon is going to go, and then I'm going to uh, give you the rest of it. So, I'm going to give you two excuses to get out of whatever it is God's trying to do. And you have all the permission in the world to pull those excuses. But then, I'm going to give you a third excuse of why those two don't matter. Okay? So, give you two excuses. And after that part is when you will leave if you don't want to hear the third one. But if you do get up, even if you have to go to the bathroom, everyone in here now is going to judge you. Hard. <laughs> hard. Uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. We're picking up in the story of Jesus um, Uh, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. That's important, y'all. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And so the story, it all begins with the angel of the Lord coming to speak to Mary. Verse 29 says that Mary was greatly troubled, that an angel came to speak to her. Y'all, Luke, I thought you were a detailed person, dog. It says that Mary was greatly troubled. Imagine this. You're chilling, doing whatever you do, gardening, gardening. Watching Netflix, uh, knitting. Okay, (laughs) and then all of the all of the sudden, an angel just like appears. You're in the middle of playing NBA 2K. You're about to slam right, and all of a sudden, an angel pops up in your face. I'm not sure someone's going to say Roger was greatly troubled. (laughs) Our next-door neighbor is going to be like, Oh, I just heard what he said. I thought he was a pastor. (laughs) Mary's minding her own business, and all of a sudden an angel stands in front of her face with this life-altering news. I think we can even understand a little bit more of what's happening when we hear the angel's words in verse 30. He says, Mary, do not be afraid. I was ESPN, not an angel. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was funny. I know. That was cool. <laughs> okay, then he shows up and he tells her what's about to go down. In case you're looking for the scandal, here it is Mary is engaged, uh, she's probably like mid to late teens. All right, she's not married to Joseph yet, um, and now she's going to become pregnant. Now, for some of you, this is real life. This has happened. And so you understand what Mary's going through. For, for those of you who don't, can you imagine what Mary's going through? What well, she's going to have to tell her mom and dad. Um, and then what well, she's going to have to tell Joseph Right, we know from Matthew that Joseph gets the same kind of uh, the same kind of visit, but she doesn't know that in this moment. Right, she's going to have to go tell Joseph, and then on the on the whole, uh, like a whole nother of of influences, her society. to be pregnant before marriage is punishable by death. Right. And this young girl who's been faithful to God her whole life is now just wrecked because an angel shows up and he says, this is what God's going to do. Uh, I was thinking about this earlier this week, and I told Sadie, if this situation comes up, baby, you better blame this on the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Here's your first excuse. Uh, here's your first excuse, to not let God do what he wants to do, and that's fear. Fear. God, I'm afraid. I would be afraid, too, if an angel shows up, gives me life-altering news, and wants me to change what I'm doing. He pops up out of nowhere, and he tells you to take on a challenge that you might be killed for doing. He gives you news that if, if you were to go with it, society's not going to understand what you're doing. Society might even look at what you're doing and say, man, that's crazy. He gives her news that um, it's going to change everything for what's happening right now in her life. It's fear. I think I would be afraid to. Uh Now I want to ask you this question again. What's God trying to do in your life right now? Are you scared? Is it fearful? It's normal. It's normal to be scared of what's next, especially when you don't know what's next. It's normal to be afraid of what might happen to you or what might happen to your family. Decided when we decided we we're going to plant a church. Uh, you, you just start to learn about church planting, and it was unbelievable how many people, how many church planters went to into their what we call sites, which is Jacksonville for us, and then something happened to their family, or tragedy struck with their kids, and it's like God, I can't take that, man. <laughs> you want to talk about scared? It like froze us for a while. How the amount of stories we'd hear. When God wants to do something in your life that is God sized, you will be afraid. And you'll be scared to death. But fear is the first step to faith. Fear is the first step. But if you want to use it as an excuse, there's your first one right there. Go ahead. You have my permission. Maybe not God. Now in my notes it says, pause, so I can take a drink of water. <laughs> I think I'm kidding. It really does. Now, let, let me ask you this, this, this question again from another, from another um, anatomical perspective. The, um, the angel shows up, and he says, all right, Mary, this is what's going to happen. And she's like, um, uh, let's look at what she said in verse 34. Luke chapter 1, verse 34, here's your second excuse right here. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? All right, we need to pause here for a second uh, and talk about the birds and the bees. Now, I don't know how this went down for you. I grew up in education, or I grew up in Kentucky, where for the longest time, the sign as you drove in said, Kentucky, where education pays. Yes, kentucky where education pays and that's where i took health class and physical education and they taught us how a girl becomes pregnant and i'm going to let you have that conversation with your children because there are some that are in here mary's like y'all mary's like angel um this is a great plan and all this can't work with me You might have the wrong Mary. Mary Magdalene is the town over. That was man, I'm on a roll today. She says, so like I'm a virgin and I'm expected to marry Joseph. So this this can't this can't work. It's a great plan, but it can't work with me. Doubt is normal too, especially when we say with me. Right. Mary's refusal to do this or her 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 doubt was a physical one. This is impossible. And outside of God, this is impossible. Right. She said, I can't do it because I'm a virgin. Maybe your doubt is a physical one, too. Maybe you're like, I maybe maybe God is calling me to be a to be a preacher, but I can't speak in public. I, I can't. I can't do that. Maybe God is calling you to to be a leader, and you're like, I've never led anything in my life. I'm not a people person. I'll tell you all what mine was forever, and still is now. Is I'm just not smart enough. Man, I I, I fight that constantly, and so maybe that's a doubt for. You. Maybe it sounds something this. Our relationship is too far gone. Nothing can Maybe it sounds like things just aren't the way they used to be. I'm not the person that I once was. Again, man, I got so much baggage. God can't use that. Look, we say this all the time. If, if you've got baggage, don't check it at the door. Bring it with you. Because God's big enough to carry it. And God, what you're asking me to do is hard. And right now, I just can't do that. So maybe your your second excuse is doubt. And it's it's a good one. Let me comfort you knowing that sometimes when God asks you to do something that is God-sized, it seems impossible like to reach 60,000 people with the gospel of Jesus. Y'all, pe- people don't want to hear from me, let alone when I bring up Jesus, right? And that's why we're all going to do it together. Y'all, we're going to do this, okay? I've got my uh on my whiteboard at home. We're going to we're going to we're gonna, we're going to reach this city for Jesus, I promise. But it seems it seems impossible. I want to tell you doubt is also normal. And Mary had that. So your second. Your second excuse that you're more than welcome to use is doubt. I'm scared, and I, I don't think this can happen. Alright, here's the third excuse why those are bad. <laughs> Alright, here, let's keep reading the story. Verse 35. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit. We could probably just stop there. That's why the first two don't matter, because of God. But we'll keep reading. The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month for no word from God will ever fail. If you have your Bible and you're a highlighter or an underliner or a circler or whatever, that's one right there, verse 37. I've read this story a thousand times and it was week that that jumped off the page to me is verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. Verse 38, Mary's response. I'm the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled, then the angel left her. Look, this story, like what she what the angel tells Mary is intimidating. It's gonna it's causing her to be afraid and to doubt. But um Mary's excuse we've looked at two, right? Fear and doubt, and there's there's probably plenty others. I mean if you looked in the story you could probably find a few more too, couldn't you? Um but there's one reason why all of those excuses don't matter, and that's faith. And more importantly than just her faith, it's who her faith is in. Her faith is in, it said, the Holy Spirit. And then it said, and then the Most High will overshadow you. Man, when God has a God-sized plan for your life, yeah, you're gonna be afraid. You're gonna doubt that it's even possible. But man, when the Holy Spirit comes on you and the power of the most high overshadows, the impossible becomes possible. Right? God's plan becomes a reality. I want you to hear this: If God wants to do it, and He wants you to do it, nothing is impossible with God. You catch that? If God wants to do it and he wants to do it with you, there's not anything that's impossible for God. His word will not fail. Um, A few weeks, or last week, I got the opportunity to go to Houston. I told you about that. It was a cool experience. I don't know if you've heard that before or not. Um, I I would rather drive if I'm with someone. Okay, I just like to be around people. Um, But if I'm by myself, I like to fly. And flying is awesome because you get to see things you'd never see without it, right? Like in the clouds, and that's basically all you see when you're flying, but it's cool. And then, um, but, but the, really the coolest part is, for me, is when you're ascending and descending, right? When you're going up, and it's still a little nerve-wracking uh, when you land. Like for me, I'm like, yo, I, I think we should be on the ground now. <laughs> what just came out of the bottom of this plane Okay, maybe, maybe you're not scared, but I am, okay. <laughs> when we were coming into Houston, like, we, we started our descent. I could be wrong, but I looked out, and I thought what I saw were, like, were mountains. Uh, it, might, it might have been when we were coming out of Houston, but at some point, we flew over mountains. And I saw them, and uh, I thought, I knew that I was going to preach. On, I knew I was going to bring up this next group of verses for this sermon. And uh, I looked at those, ver- or I looked at those mountains, and I thought, "Man, there's no way, there's no way." Here's what Matthew chapter 17 says. Um, I was going to cheat off our TV, but it died. So if anyone wants to donate a TV, that's just chilling in your garage, it'd be awesome. Um, in Matthew chapter 17, verses 14 through, um, no, that's not right. Oh no, that's not right. Mm, no, nope, that's not right. Are you uncomfortable right now? <laughs> I'm not that uncomfortable. No, I'm not. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, it's on the app. It says 17, but that's a lie. I'm just looking for the verses. Unless I copy the wrong verses. Okay, those are the wrong verses. All right, so, um, no, it's not, it's right, listen. Nope, it's wrong. So Jesus starts talking, right, and he said, um, so you see these, these mountains. All right, check it out. He says, if you, tell, if you have faith and then you tell this mountain to move, it will move. And I'm flying over these mountains, and I'm like, no way, man. Like, I'm looking at these mountains, and I can't make them move. And uh, I've never heard the audible voice of God, like, out loud, but it was, like, something in my spirit that's like, you're right. You can't make these mountains move because your faith is not in you. Wherever it is in the Bible, (laughs) your faith is not in you. Because, look, if God wants to do something in you and through you, it's not about you. And so it's got nothing to do with, with you. It's got everything to do with God. And so when you allow God's power and you put your faith in God, then it will overcome you. And it will overshadow your fear and your doubt. Look, I think it's time for us to stop like, you look at this mountain, if you're at the base of this mountain, you're going to stand here and say, man, there's no way I can do it. But what if, what if we stopped looking at the mountain and we started looking at the one made the mountain? I can't do this on my own. What is it? Like, are you trying to overcome something in your life? Is there a sin that's just killing you day in and day out? Is it your marriage? Is it your parenting? Is it your children? Is it your next career step? Is it your next uh, duty station? What's next for you? Maybe it's a deployment. I don't know. But whatever God is trying to do with you, dude, stop looking at the mountain and start looking at the one who created the mountain and saying, man, I can't move this. But God, you can. can't get the gospel to 60,000 people in Jacksonville. But somehow God's got away. right? Like i got to believe that God's word doesn't fail and that His word says that He wants everyone to come to repentance. There? Because it might look different than what There's probably a little doubt there that it can happen. That's a lot of people. But God, I'm not worried about the mountain. I'm going to worship the one who created the mountain. And so, what was Mary's response? What was Mary's response to the angel? I'm your servant. Do let what you've said be true in me. And she could have said, Look, I'm too scared, God, to do it. God, this can't happen with me because of who I am. But her excuses. Were overshadowed by God's power. Through God, all things are possible. Do you believe it? So, one of my life verses, and we're, we'll finish with this verse. One of my life verses: Second Timothy chapter one verse seven. And I hope that it might become one of yours. Uh, the way I memorized it was in the NIV. I don't know what it is on the screen, but this is the way it says it. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of love and of power and of self discipline. The Holy Spirit that we have is not a spirit of fear, a spirit of timidity. It's not one where we're going to sit back on our heels. It's a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. God can aid the addict. He can mend the broken marriage. He can find meaning in a useless life. He can give purpose to the purposeless. He can give direction to the aimless. He He can use a scared and doubting virgin to give birth to the Savior of the world. He can take a scared, doubting, dumb preacher and use him to start a new church where after today 27 people have given their life to Jesus and y'all that's 27 uh, more people who know about Jesus than the 60,000 we talked about last year what's God trying to do in your life man I can't wait to start telling the stories of what God's doing in and through you don't wait till tomorrow let's do it today God, um, we we recognize, first of all, who we're standing in the presence of, an all-powerful, all-knowing, An always existing God, and God, right now we want to declare that we believe in you. All right, we believe that you can do it, whatever it is that's stirring in us right now, God. We want to take our mountain, we want to take our eyes off of the mountain and focus on the Creator. And so, God, with all of with all of everything we have, we we'll ask you to move it. God, we want to give our life to you the way that Mary did. Submit our fears and our doubts and, and all the other excuses we may have because our, our, big, our biggest excuse for why is because of you, is because of Jesus. Um, God, we love you. We worship you. We thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.